0: Hi everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. Today we're going to talk about four plus one things that revenue teams are doing right now to optimize their go-to-market. Enjoy.
1: Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't think that was the intro, though. No, I don't think it was the no, intro. No, that wasn't the intro. It's not good enough. doesn't meet our strict criteria. So, they- so you watched uh, The Martian with your kid? Oh, yeah we watched it also because we had a dane uh fly into space not so long ago i think it was last week or something and what like
0: on virgin galactic
1: or no they're going to the Inter- international space station you didn't get it no i didn't get it's the reference kind of it must be a german reference
0: no it's just a uh you know it was a tourist not someone doing actually something uh, in space.
1: no i think he's doing stuff up there yeah. i don't know i mean I'm not monitoring his performance. So or you think you, you do know where my Martian thing went, right?
0: No. Because it's a great segue into. For like top sales teams? Yeah, just imagine. I mean, he is stranded in Mars. No more resources. Mm-hmm. Get it? He needs to be like really okay how do I do this how can I plant some potatoes here and get you know get the stuff done are we changing the are, we,
1: are we changing roles now like you doing segways and me doing the chunky middle of the show yeah I actually, mean we could we, could. we, could. It we could. could it would be fun for a change
0: <laughs> but okay so let me tell you <laughs> you know he, he had to figure real quick because yeah, the yeah. funding dried up
1: yeah, yeah 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 that's a good great segue, Tony uh, let's then is that going to be the intro no I'm going to edit this shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like I told you. It's going to be I was, so Sam Adams said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like a uh, walking dead zombie in one of the sessions last week. And now I'm back. Now I'm like, everything is reset, energized. This was the Sam Jacobs. Was like, so yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, I've, do you have no. well, I, I have a WhatsApp note? Well, I do. <laughs> 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 because I need to go home and sleep. Um, Bye. Great. It's also because we're dedicated to this show, which, by the way, is growing super rapidly. And... Uh, I don't know, maybe it's because people are leaving tons of reviews. If you haven't, then. Ad- otherwise, it's a great segue you
0: for you to stop this here right now and go into your Spotify <laughs> app or your Apple yeah. something app and yeah. rate us right now.
1: Yeah, that would be wonderful. And then go back and listen because five. you're not going to want to miss five, out. Five out of five. five Another long review, like yeah. 500 words minimum. Yes. That's yes. the entry level yes. requirement. Anyway. We're going to talk about uh, some of the things that the great teams out there are doing right now. It's really coming from a bunch of the conversations we've had as we started bringing on guests to this show. As you probably know, we've had some great folks on. And while some of this stuff hasn't aired yet, we actually felt we had to share some of these insights now in a distilled episode to help people potentially fix performance or improve it. Yeah,
0: that's... That's exactly what that is, right? So we talked to, and maybe I'm just going to, you know, name drop these guys now. Uh, as some of this is already released. We talked to Jaco van der Funderkoi from Winning by Design. Mm-hmm. That's out. Uh, we talked to Chris Walker from Refined Labs. That's out. We also talked to Sam Jacobs from Pavilion. That's not out yet. And we talked uh, with David Kellogg. He's uh, an executive in residence at Balderton He does a couple of other cool things. Speaks at Sastra soon, mm-hmm. by the way. And, you know, some of, the, some of the conversations, they had some really uh, nice points that we just want to summarize up and, uh, and give to you today instead of, uh, instead of waiting.
1: Yeah. So I think we should hop have, have into it because there are four things we kind of mm. wanted to hop into. Yes. And the first one is from Sam.
0: So Sam Jacobs. Um, first of all, if you haven't already, follow him on uh, LinkedIn. He puts out some fantastic content. Mm. I also just joined Pavilion by the way. Oh, you ended up doing it. I did do it. Yes. Nice. Um, and it's fantastic. Uh, but what he has, or what we discussed with him uh, and really the topic was uh, around efficiency with him to a large degree. And he can see it from both directions. One being an, uh, a startup CEO himself. So pavilions, you know, approaching 20 million in AR. Uh, but also he's talking to a bunch of people all the time, right? Kind of he's, uh, you know, flying around the globe right now, talking to a bunch of folks, setting out GTM twenty twenty three, kind of this thing there, um, and he has quite some really cool insights. And um, the top insight I think that is really applicable here today is really looking at um, how you deploy and use your account executives in a different way. Yeah, and um, and that new way really is. Uh, and and you know, he talked about hey, you can do all kinds of complicated math, yeah, all of that stuff. Or you just do the calendar trick. Yeah. <laughs> and the calendar trick is you go into the calendar of one of your reps. Yeah. And if there's too much white, then you know that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, if you subtract all the internal meetings, like, you know, one-on-ones and forecast meeting and all hands and all of that jazz. Mm. If there's um, if there's also, like, lots of white then, or even more so. Um, so that's the problem. And he was basically saying... Uh, again, you can do the complicated math version or you just say, okay, every day my reps should be uh, having three external meetings. Yeah. And that doesn't need to be three new external meetings every day. It could be that one or two of them is new and one, the other one is like a you know prolongation of a sales process and so forth. Mm. So three slots where they are working on things that they're actually being paid for. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that that needs to be the approach. That needs to be the idea. Sounds super novel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we kind of say it out loud. Well, Yako had the thing with uh I wanna see expense reports, right? You yeah. need to hop on a plane, submit expense reports. I need to see that you're out meeting people, yeah. right?
0: Well, that's a different thing that oh, sorry, about sorry, in that. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um but the um uh in, in Sam's in Sam's world, right? It's it's too large to be overlapping with some of the things that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's really it's not that you hire more AEs and then magically more money appears. Um, they are there to process something through. They're taking opportunities and turning them into cash. That's yeah. a super valuable skill to have. Um, but really, you know, when you take this calendar approach, um, it actually should be allowing you to figure out, well, do I need all of those folks, mm. right? That is the number one thing you should be potentially thinking about. Is like, Are they having two or three meetings a day? Uh, with external folks, nothing internal. External stuff, sales related. And if the answer is no, then yeah, there might be there might be an opportunity for you to actually shrink the team, yeah, um, or increase pipeline without adding to the team, delaying a hire or something like that. And um, I think that's a very powerful way to look at this. Mm. And I also think it kind of changes the paradigm for people when they when they think about their sales team. It's really not how many can I have. It's how many do I need. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and and what goes with it, it's also a bit the, this whole OTE to to ARR ratio and all of these other benchmarks. You know what? They are things that you look at after the fact once everything is set up and then you figure out is this the right thing or not. But, you know, the much easier way to get to that in the first place is like, are my reps fucking busy? Right? Yeah. And once they are, then you can kind of scale this out. And um, the truth is with uh, pipeline inflating for many, many of us, and with even a wrong kind of approach of the AEs going into this, you know, this year and even, you know, late last year, there might be some room in your team where you can say like, you know what, actually, I don't need all of those reps at the yeah. same
1: time. I think it's also, if you have a excess capacity, some of those metrics, whether it's CAC payback or something else, they start look, you know, not so great. So when you make that cut, obviously they improve and you'll free up the resources. Yeah. As we've discussed in a recent episode that you can then redeploy. Yeah. Right? So, so what you're saying, it's really about, you know, looking at what balance do you really need mm-hmm. between the inputs and outputs.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, so the Sam Jacobs episode, I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but in the yeah. next couple of weeks, uh, I'm, I'm thinking everyone will enjoy it. Another teaser there was he predicted that soon we will be ordering babies online. Um, <laughs> we talked a little bit about the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that came out there as well. Okay. So this was Sam. Fantastic guy, by the way. Then we talked to Chris, Chris Walker, Mm -hmm. in this case. Um, Again, you know, CEO of Refined Labs. He built a fantastic following online talking about demand gen. Yeah. Demand gen is really his thing. And one of the pieces uh, that he, you know, that he really kind of contributed, you know, profoundly kind of when we talked about this, I think he had one quote where he said, it's not a model problem it's a goal setting problem. Yeah. Right? So when he was referring to this whole thing of uh, we are t- 20 million, we want to grow to 50, um, we have a model mm. and the model doesn't get us to 50. Yeah. And then everyone goes into the Excel spreadsheet and tweaks everything until then, you know, until one sells as 50 million. Yeah, yeah. And done. Yeah. And he's basically pointing out, well, and, and in his case, right, he is a um, he's a, he's a CEO obviously, but he still kind of goes to clients and kind of helps them figure some of that stuff out. And he sometimes needs to be the bad news bear. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, yeah, no, just because you wish it to be 50 million yeah, million doesn't make it true. I'm no. sorry. It, it just won't. Right. And it was really fun him pointing out. It's not a, it's not a model problem. Yeah. It's not the model's fault no. that it doesn't get you to 50 it's the goal to begin with that that's a problem right yeah. and I think this really was an outcome of our conversation where we asked him about well where do you think this this MQL thing is coming from mm. right so one of his big things is um hey you should be investing not in um uh, demand capture too much right yeah. so things like Google paid and, and so forth they're like the very bottom captured, funnel, very yeah. bottom funnel right you pour more money in but there's not more coming uh, coming your way so instead you need to you know take this money and go somewhere else right and and some of the symptoms of doing it the wrong way is really have those uh, hundreds of thousands of MQLs mm. that are each converting, you know, a 8% of the time or less. Yeah. Uh, but for that to happen, you need to employ hordes of SDRs yeah. that are plowing through those, you know, thousands of leads to, you know, book one meeting from, uh, I don't know, 100 or 200 yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it's going to be. And then you know, once you have that meeting, they don't convert into re- revenue anyway, yeah. right? So if you think about that funnel, first of all, all the money that you spend on those ebook downloads and you know the white paper, Google paid search promotion, yeah, and yeah. you know that turning into lots of kind of trash leads, yeah. And then you deploy all those folks working through this. You can just you can just see how this is adding up a lot of cost yeah. that is not leading to much money in the end.
1: And I think to make it very real, I was um, looking at a colleague over the shoulder who did a GTM analysis uh, not so long ago, and you saw uh, basically an unblended funnel where you had the regular inbounds, so demo requests and all mm. that went fine, uh, good processing metrics and everything, but then lo and behold, there was you know another stream of, uh, you know, air quotes inbounds, which was you know webinars and yeah. stuff like this, and this was like equal to the other amount of so we're talking 10,000 10, yeah. of each, right, and they got you know. I think 50 meetings yeah. out of that. And yeah. I was just dumbfounded because one thing is you spend a truckload of cash getting those leads. But then when you start peeling you know, the onion a bit and look deeper, you could see that they didn't have specialized inbound roles to tackle those. Yeah. So they were just being passed to outbound SDRs yes. and their efficiency was just yes. you know, immensely low. So the unit economics the, were terrible.
0: No, but the thing is, if you look at it through the channel lens of, mm. let's just say that, that stuff comes from Google search. If you look at it through that lens, you will actually not see what's going on. You need to yeah. kind of, at the same time, you need to blend it into the different CTAs, follow them through, see what their conversion rates are. And then you might be able to actually kind of see this. out. Yeah. And and that was a cool thing. So this is a really cool team that we're working with. They're super sophisticated already. Uh, but by showing that to them like this, there was a little bit ah, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, we kind of knew that was going on. Yeah. But good to see it right now. But right.
1: I think it's also what, what you sometimes fail to realize is the collateral damage mm-hmm. it causes, right? One thing is you're wasting money in the top funnel, but also downstream impact on sales. Um, to Chris's point, you know, it's taking away their time from working on those ICP, you know, great mm-hmm. fit accounts that they should be working on, right? And, and so so it's not just bad math in marketing, it also impacts yeah. sales. And to be clear, I think
0: people should create white papers and, you know, gate oh, yeah. them or not gate them, do webinars, gate them, not gate them. It's not about that. You know, the tactics are correct, but it's a tactic that you use for the very top end of the funnel, yeah. and you know no one, no one there that shows up to a webinar is like, oh, I want to buy, hmm. and then you plow them with phone calls. Um, they still don't want to buy, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and anyway, so this was kind of Chris's takeaway, and and this is again something that you know in a in a uh, current state of scarce resources, yeah, you should be looking at your funnel like this, you know, unblended, see what's going on, and. And just do a rough, you know, um, back of the napkin calculation of how much money you might be wasting on that revenue stream. Right? Yeah. And that money, you know what? You could use on some other stuff. Yeah. You know. Okay. So this was Chris Walker. <clears throat> now a bit more salesy. Uh, yes, we had jaco van der Koy here from Winning by Design. But we also had um, Chris allop here, which is going to be aired, you know, soon as well. Um, And he's like formerly Gong and now uh, P-Club. P-club. Yeah, I think He's President's like, Club or p Club I O, or something like this, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, what those two gentlemen talked a lot about is, um, you know, if you wrap it really, you know, short, I think it's about, uh, well, yes, the current climate has changed, mm. but really, all these successful reps are still successful, and you know, one of these, uh, one of the takeaways there is like, well, the past has just enabled so many mediocre or simply, you know, not well-trained uh, reps to mm-hmm. succeed. And now that has changed. So guess what? You know, those um, not fully up to par skill-wise reps are struggling, Yeah. right? And obviously both of them, they're selling kind of, you know, uh, enablement services, if you will, and training services. So obviously, kind of that's that's their point here. But it does make a ton of sense, right? And uh, uh, Chris, all of really much focused on, the discovery part, you know that yeah. that is super key. You need to nail that. You need to understand that. You need to figure out uh, what is an inbound conversation, what is an outbound conversation, and you know, uh, and you kind of train your reps on making sure that this works out, right? Mm. Because if you, um, especially if you if your inbound is drying up, which is something that we've seen across the board, uh, some people were like, "Oh, cool, let's do outbound now." Yeah. Um, and if you do outbound suddenly, but you don't you don't upskill your reps to be able to hold outbound conversations. Yeah. You can book as many outbounds as you want. The AE is going to say all of this is shit quality and it doesn't outbound doesn't work for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's you know you will end up wasting a lot of a lot of money, right? Yeah. So making sure that you um, teach your folks to uh you know to be able to do the discovery kind of in those different scenarios is um, extremely key. Yeah. And I think Ben Jaco was also talking about the uh, the expense report thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so which is um which which is a little bit, you know, it comes. I think a little bit from this approach of, um, hey AI, lots of emails being sent. There's no uh, barrier anymore to just blast everyone. Mm. And um, his point, and to to a degree, also Sam Sam Jacob's point is like, see more people face to face. Yeah, stand out. You know, yeah. fly there. And we would. That's that's where Jaco's expense report is coming from. It's like you need to see those people, and mm. obviously then you're gonna incur some some expenses. And we were challenging him a little bit and we're like, well, you know, maybe this is a cool uh, solution for those 50K enterprise tickets that yeah. you might be selling. But what about the rest of us? You know, the the sub 20, sub 10, we're even struggling sometimes to have an SDR motion running. And now you want to have our reps fly out. That's mm. ridiculous. And, um, you know, his answer was both like, well, try and get your ACV up. It's like, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Just I'll work on that. <laughs> But the other thing was also well uh you don't just take one plane and stay one night in an hotel and fly back for one client you no. need to just you know package it up yeah. you need to see multiple of them you yeah. have a breakfast with one dinner with the other yeah. you go jogging with the third and stuff and um there're different ways to to load uh you know face to face engagement into um into um kind of a um kind of a travel yeah. kind of thing
1: right I think the cool point was also like hey you need to pick if we if we believe that the skill set is the issue, that's where you need to go and work and you need to pick one area that you work on in a sprint yeah. to improve it. And then you can move on to the next, right? Just pick you don't start everything. Yes. Right. You don't start working on all the dimensions of sales. Yeah. Um and I think also the other some of the bits we talked about is, you know, a new rep starting out of school and all they get is a laptop, maybe a phone, and then some swag. And then some swag and it's like good luck. Yeah. And then the training is the kickoff. Right? That's the kickoff. No, the training uh, is the login to Gong. Go, yeah, listen, yeah. go listen to some calls. And I mean, that's just not going to cut it. right? Yeah. And I think we've been used to that working. We've been used to that. Mm. But it's not anymore. Yeah. So go listen to the Yako episode and watch out for the Chris Hall up. So next one. Uh,
0: Dave Kellogg. Yeah. Um, so he's a he's a f- funny and funky guy. Mm. Um, and we were asking him some... It was actually... T- he's, he's kind of a, a, an ex-CMO. He was CMO of... What is it called again? I, it
1: was uh, Business Logic. Business so.
0: Logic. Yeah. He was the CMO of Business Logic. And he took it from... Uh, he said 10 million in AR to a billion mm. in AR. Yeah. Not... <laughs> <laughs> not this capitalization thing not yeah, this valuation yeah. thing No, in revenue yeah um and um and then later he was the ceo of a couple of other teams actually so kind yeah. of he's a he's a cool ceo cmo perspective on things mm. <clears throat> and we were actually asking him because i mean he's a he's a he's an experienced dude yeah. Which means he went through the dot com bubble. Yeah. Yeah. He went through the uh 09 thing. Yep. And now kind of this this one here. And maybe some in between that I forgot. <laughs> so he has seen a couple of those things before and we were asking him like, hey, you know, what are your learnings from all of those crises that that apply now? How should people how should people work through this? Yeah. Right? yeah. Obviously we're in the middle of this, so you yeah. know some people have figured this out already. Um but he had he had a I mean he's also so American. He had this parking lot approach. Yeah, where you basically fire your whole company, everyone is you know being pushed out to the parking lot, <laughs> and then you go and like, okay, whom do we want to have back?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think he he put it a bit softer, but yes, that yeah. was the essence. He's of a the, bit more eloquent than yeah. I am, and and he was applying the
0: same thinking to marketing yeah. in this case. Yeah, and, and he basically said like, okay, tomorrow you're gonna fire all of your campaigns. Yeah. Like you're going to, you know, stop everything, yeah. your newsletter, your your book a demo, your mm. book a webinar, whatever, you're going to stop all of it, what do you want to have back, yeah. right? And then he was talking about this onion approach, you know, what is the core, what works all the time and that we can yeah. bet on, we know it works, you know, that's the stuff you put in, you know, back first. And then as you go out in the, uh, on the layers, you basically have this realization that, okay, and now I'm out of money. Yeah. Um, and, um, and what was really cool, I've never seen this used like this before, he uh, referenced a wish list. So there's a GTM wish list mm. um, that every GTM leader kind of can put things on. Mm. Uh, literally, this is how you and I manage our kids. Yeah, It's like, I want to have the car. <laughs> yeah. No, well, put it on the wish list. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he said, well, uh, we can't afford this right now, but if you're able to beat the plan, then we collectively... Can go to the wishlist bucket.
1: Yeah, we can take something <laughs>
0: out. So you know what? I think this is better incentive than any money on the planet that you you know that you sent uh, sent to your people in in terms of commission checks or something. Yeah, like this. Yeah. it's like oh really? I can have my my podcast. <laughs> 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 and um, uh, you know, it's it's a really cool approach. And obviously, the 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 key here, the efficient bit is. Really have a, and I think in accounting it's probably called zero budget approach. Mm. Let everything go and then figure out what you actually really want to have back yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. this, you know, loss aversion trigger. Oh, I don't want to lose this. I don't wanna... get over this by pushing it out and then pulling yeah. it back. And specifically for marketing, kind of look at the whole thing that you have set up, and then instead of figuring out what you want to cut first, yeah, figure out what you want to have back first and what you want to have back last.
1: I think it's also an important exercise. Like I've I've gone through that myself where. If you look at the team, you will go, Oh no, I can't, I, I need to keep Greg because I like I like Greg. We don't but have if anyone just, Greg working here, by the way. <laughs> no, exactly. But if you look at if you just look, okay, this is what I have, what do I really need? Yeah. Then it really changes things because then you might realize that, hey, you actually need something that you don't have on the team. And then once you've done the exercise, you can look at the team that you have and say, Hey, okay. And I think this was one of his points, maybe, can you move someone mm-hmm. actually, right? and i think that's it kind of changes your mindset and remove some of those potential biases that mm. you might have when you just look at the numbers and kind of put everything out on the parking yeah. lot um so i think that's yeah that's a was definitely a great one
0: yeah no exactly and on that one actually i think there's uh, and this is maybe you know part of a customer story potentially i think it's really important in this in this parking lot approach and this this overall approach to number 1 not only look at the different channels that you have to this previous example mm. um but also not only look at your uh, roas so return of ad spend yeah because if you have a fairly sizable team below that you know your fantastic ad spend uh, return of investment on that might still actually not be good in a in a you know fully, yeah, fully marketing loaded. CAC yeah. kind of world right so it's 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 really important to, when you make this assessment, also the parking lot, what do you want to have back, mm. to look at it in a fully loaded fashion yeah. uh, in order to make true decisions, right? Um, otherwise, the, and I think this is the fallacy here. It's so easy to look a, at a return of ad spend. Yeah. It's so easy to do that, right? Here, this is the credit card bill here, and there's my tracking there. Um, but really the pieces that tie them together is the team, right? And all Mm -hmm. the other stuff that you spend on it. I think it's sometimes super easy to forget that in in this kind of uh, parking lot approach.
1: I think it's also where sometimes people people make the mistake that they take a metric you use to manage campaigns Mm -hmm. within a team versus let's look at the team Mm -hmm. performance, right? Then it's two very different things because then you do need to account for all the costs and elements in there. Um, But yeah, ROAS make total sense. If you are a team managing paid advertising and you need to make decisions across channels, Mm. then it makes complete sense to use that metric, right? But when you're assessing the overall team, different story. So since
0: we still have a little bit of time on the clock, um,
1: I decided to add one
0: more. Um, Pablo Dominguez Mm -hmm. uh, from Inside Partners. I think he's going to air later this week. Before this episode, probably. Before this episode. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the craziness of what continuous improvement can achieve. Oh, what, what everyone thinks is so boring. I, no, no, I know. I feel like I, I lost 20,000 yeah, 20, people right now <laughs> just by saying <laughs> the word continuous <laughs> improvement. Um, and, um, um, so let's sell it. Let's sell it. So I think the way to sell this mm. is exactly how he started his book or they started their book. Mm. I forgot who the co-author was. By talking, I mean, there's a bit corny about this whole,
1: you know, Formula One thing. Yeah. And Pablo
0: Villasenor. He also sorry.
1: he also called it out himself. Yeah. I uh, think.
0: But really, really cool, really cool. Um, they gave one example about Formula One, which I was, I felt in the book was mind blowing. He kind of, we we kind of recited it also on the show. So back then in the '60s or something like this, and a, a while back, mm. uh, Formula One was already going. Yeah. Um, and uh, back then, they also had a pit stop. Yeah. Um, the pit stop, on average, took something like 85, 58 seconds. Yeah. So a minute. Let's say a minute. Yeah. Every pit stop took like a minute, right? Today, the average pit stop, and the way they have achieved this is by continuous improvement. Mm. Boring. But now, the average pit stop is something like three seconds.
1: Yep. And I think to make it even more key, he said, when all the laps, you know, all the races even are done, the difference from one, two, and three, it is we are talking seconds. Yeah, so it matters. No, quite I mean, a so great he was deal. talking
0: about the. Um, it's almost like the the what what do you call it in Tour de France the general? You know this. You're Dane. You have like a Dane winning this twice. Now, yeah, the so. among. Yeah, exactly. The, the general classification. You know, if, if 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 you do this for Formula One about the whole season, yeah, it's there. They're a couple of seconds apart, really. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those those seconds that you shave off on the pit stop, they're really, really important. And the way they have achieved this is not by okay, we're today at one minute and tomorrow, boop, yeah, we're at three seconds. No, like they improved it a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and the team got a little bit better, the technology mm-hmm. got a bit better. Yeah. Um, I think they're now not guessing the car anymore, but that wouldn't be a you know a limitation anyway anymore because it's so fucking fast anyway. Um, but you know all of these little steps. Boring steps, boring, boring steps. They added up over time, leading, you know, what is it, a 95% improvement or something? It's insane. Um, And um, if you want this to happen to your company, well, you know, continuous improvement, that's
1: the thing. But I think it's also where people sometimes get lost in this is just realize the massive competitive advantage. If you're, you know, let's say from just... Customer signing to being successfully onboarded. If you beat the average, that is massive. Mm. If you have a f- faster sales cycle, that is massive. And, you know, just it means you can go and buy. So Maybe the, it's cheaper the actual
0: example that we chewed through on the episode, I don't want to take too much away now. No, no. Um, but it really was, I think it was the gain side example. Mm. And um, they basically decided okay, we want to shorten our sales cycles and we want to shorten our. Our delivery times, mm. our you know time to value, by what fifty percent. So Nick Meta walks into, I I can see it <laughs> in front of my eyes. Nick Meta walks into a meeting, says, "Folks, it's going to be 50-50 on both sides." Yeah, um, and you know what? They pulled it off. Uh, yeah. Pablo is going to talk about you know that a little bit more. But the thing here is not that oh you know theoretically we now so much more pipeline because we shorten everything. Actually, much more strategically, this enabled them to move into a different market. It yeah. enabled them to go from enterprise to mid-market and, you know, larger SMB, of which they already had leads, of which they already had interest. Yeah. They just couldn't put the pieces together in order to service them in a proper way. And see there, they turned from, you know, leads that they had to disqualify uh, to leads that they could turn into money. Mm. Guess I mean, that's also a thing for everyone out there. It's like, okay, how can I make more with what I have? Yeah. Well, figure out, Potentially, how to in this case maybe go down market, but that will have big, big knock-on effects for the rest of the organization. Well, through continuous improvement, you can you know can unlock those strategic moves, right? Yeah. And I think um, th- that that was kind of pretty pretty fascinating, you know, listening to that story from Pablo there.
1: Yep. So continuous improvement. I mean, we've talked about it in so many episodes. We're still fans. QBS. That's a way to unlock continuous Well, no one talked about QBS. Sorry, no, can't can't put it on the list here. No, it's not. It's not what the great teams are. They're probably doing it, but it's not what was voiced. Yeah. Let's put it like that. Let's put it like that. Great. So uh, let's uh, bring it home then. So if you got to here. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats. (laughs)
0: No, so uh, what did we talk about today? We talked about, um, instead of four, it ended four plus one. Yeah,
1: exactly. So five.
0: Four plus one, wonderful. Oh, that's right. It's Mm. five. Um, uh, Takeaways from some of the conversations we had around what top teams, GTM teams are doing out there right now in order yeah. to just optimize yes. and, you know, cut the fat away and, you know, do do the best with what they have. Mm. And those are some real examples. And uh, if you haven't already, please listen to the Jaco and Chris Walker and potentially
1: Pablo yeah. uh, episode. Otherwise, Sam Jacobs and Dave Kellogg are coming up. Thank you. And then, by the way, what some of the top listeners are doing, they're obviously dropping reviews. Yes. I mean, this is a double CTA episode. So we did one in the beginning. Let's Depends also... on how you cut it. Yeah. that's yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. yeah, Yeah. If you gotten be, to here, yeah. then you know maybe you should hit
0: uh, and give us a give us a review. We would we would really appreciate it. Yeah, we very much really appreciate it.
1: So it's been so wonderful to have these guests on, and uh, looking forward to have some more. This episode um, I hope was super helpful. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you so much, Michael, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye.